Hello everyone and welcome to Stories for Colored Girls. This podcast is to empower black women by recognizing their equal value and worth as human beings and as participants in this world in every category. Acknowledging the trauma, oppression, and marginalization they experience daily, whether they're aware of it or not, to acknowledge the crooked room and practice standing straight inside of it. Today, I will be talking about Marielle Franco. She was a Brazilian woman who served as the first female black city counselor of her home city, Rio, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. She was bold, fierce, strong, engaged, and active in becoming formally educated, and as a feminist, human rights activist, LGBTQ advocate, and city representative, I'm going to try to say this in Brazilian Portuguese because that's where I got it from, in the Partido Socialismo y Libertade, no, Age, Libertade, that's Brazilian Portuguese, which is the Socialism and Liberty Party. Most of the information I share will be coming out of books, articles, documentaries, interviews, and in this episode, a video about her, which I will cite before reading. Marielle Franco was an amazing black Brazilianera. I really hope I said that right. Black, that's what they call women from Brazil, Brazilianeras. Anyway, and something that's different about this episode is that I almost, I came so close to talking about her as a living person because she was murdered in March of this year. And that would be very different because I haven't talked about a lot of living women. I would say unfortunately, but that word doesn't describe it horrifically she's not here anymore um i'm late on that one a group of professionals possibly hired by the brazilian police or the local real police or the government had her murdered i'm thinking from what i've been reading that it was ordered by probably a male politician because it was a professional murder a group of men with guns gunned her down and her driver a man named Okay, Anderson Pedro Gomez with nine gunshots, four to her head, which is, oh, that's super horrific. Um, They gunned her down as she was leaving an event about empowering black women, her and her driver. So for anybody who mistakenly believes, for whatever reason, that white supremacy, it's baby racism, and misogyny noir only exists in the United States, you have been officially notified. She was only 38 years old and left behind a teenage daughter whose name I left out and her partner, Monica, or I think it's Monica. Those facts about Marielle's murder come from an article written by Karatiana Freeland and was published online on theroot.com. Next, I'm going to share some biographical information that I got from the best friend that I will rarely acknowledge publicly, and that is Wikipedia. Also, a video on Marielle made by Now This World, this on YouTube. Marielle Francisco de Silva, Franco for short, Marielle Franco for short, was born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, on July 27, 1979. She grew up in a part of northern Rio that most people who aren't from Brazil, apparently, don't know about, because the government works really hard to hide their poor black favela-dwelling population. Don't ever let anybody fool you and tell you that Brazil is not black as fuck. It is. And Rio is home to numerous slums that are filled with black people, like Mare. Mare is the favela where Marielle spent most of her life. As a little girl, she and her younger sister walked to school every day through their Mare favela, 
where people in gangs lived, hung out with their guns, acting violently and murdering people. Sometimes they missed school because there were gang shootouts happening in their favela. And obviously you don't go outside when people are shooting each other back and forth in the streets. Other times, this was shared in an interview by her sister, they had to walk over people's dead bodies on the way to school. So let that sink in. Two little girls, two little black girls walked over and past the bodies of their neighbors. Other poor black people, probably with blood and bullets and some really gnarly shit they had to see as kids. I can't even imagine how scary and traumatic that must be to hear the people's crying and screaming, to hear the sound of a bullet entering someone's flesh, to hear them you know, like the huge thud. I've only experienced that in movies, but that was just when they were little girls. Their parents couldn't save them, their neighborhood, their government, no one was looking. This was their relentless, sorry, yeah, their unrelentless daily environment. It just never ended. She and her family lived among regular shootings, hearing gunshots and fearing for their physical safety. Mare is one of the most violent favelas in Rio, and it has one of the lowest life expectancies. If any of you are from the hood, you can appreciate that our girl Marielle was straight from the hood herself. She saw her corrupt government, representatives, the police, and gangs destroying people's lives, destroying her community. That was a huge part of her life and influenced her to later go into politics. Her neighborhood was surrounded by two gangs as well as a paramilitary group. And when I read that, I was like, oh, hell no. That's nationalism, white nationalists, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, alt-writers, whatever they want to call themselves, which is obviously not the case in black-ass Brazil. But it's still a scary picture that gets me in the mindset of just straight-up horror because that's what paramilitary groups are. That's what they inspire. At just 11 years old, Miss Marielle started working. Do you remember that time we watched Major Payne and he said, at six years old, I had a full-time job? Yeah, I laughed too. <laughs> Don't feel bad. But she was actually living that true life. She really did have to work to feed her parents, herself and her sister, when she was still a little girl. I know some 11-year-olds think they're grown, but she that's definitely still a little girl. At age 19 years old, she gave birth to her first and only child, a daughter, and she was working as a preschool teacher. I don't know which came first, working as a teacher or having a daughter, but she ended up having a daughter when she was 19 years old and she was working as a preschool teacher. I'm not exactly sure how the pregnancy happened. I know about conception and intercourse and things like that, but Marielle identified as bisexual. But as most of you probably already know, all sex is not consensual or desired by all parties involved. I think in the best case scenario, it was consensual sex. I don't know. It doesn't mean that she couldn't have had a boyfriend or gone on dates with men or whatever. I mean, she's out here trying to live her best life at 19, her best sex life. I have no idea. But anyway, whoever he was, he didn't contribute to or support his daughter in any way. And Marielle was working for minimum wage in early childhood, supporting herself and her daughter. I didn't see anything on it, but I'm guessing she probably had a lot of support from her friends and family. Maybe she was still living with her parents. And so it wasn't just her, but he wasn't involved at all. At age 21, not long after that, she began her pre-university studies. This is this is straight from Wikipedia. Following the death of a friend from a stray bullet that year, Franco began working in human rights activism. 
A year later, at 22, she entered the Pontifical Catholic University of Rio on a scholarship. She continued working and raising her daughter as she earned a degree in social sciences. I think it's so amazing when people go to school and they have a child, especially if they're a single parent. Not that I ever want to do it. Not that I would suggest that. Not that I wouldn't. No, no. (laughs) But I think the fact that she did do that, she had to do that. She was able to scrape up the resources or get the support from the village that she was able to do that and not drop out. Not that it would be anything against her if she did have to, but the fact that she was able, she was able to do those things at the same time and keep going and not give up because that's a really hard thing to do. Those are actually three hard things to do, work, raise children, and go to school. Then after that, she goes on to earn a master's degree in public administration. I have no idea how to say this. Fluminense Federal University seven years after that in 2007 at age 28 she worked for the state representative Marcelo I have no idea how to say his last name I don't know how to say last names that have X's in them like if they're not in English maybe Freso I don't know how to pronounce the I-X-O altogether as a consultant and she coordinated the state legislature's committee for the defense of human rights and citizenship. So she was starting to get super fancy at this point. She also worked for civil society organizations, including the Brazil Foundation and the Mare Center for Solidarity Studies and Action. Nine years after that, coming up to modern life more well I guess it was modern life coming up to current times this is 2016 nine years like nine years later Franco runs for a seat on the city council in Rio de Janeiro and she wins she wins as a city council member Franco fought against gender violence for reproductive rights and for the rights of favela residents now this next part is from Dom Phillips writing for the guardian franco fought for the rights of women single mothers like herself gay people and favela residents she denounced the violence inflicted by rio's police on the community as they fight and occasionally collude with the drug gangs and another force active on the streets the unofficial militias whose members include serving and former police officers remember how i said she grew up near a paramilitary group so this is paramilitary In the same article that I quoted earlier by Kiritiana Freeland from The Root, she writes, In September of 2016, Franco received the fifth most votes, which was more than 46,500, to become a councilwoman representing the PSOL party. That's the, for short, the Socialism and Liberty Party in Rio. Her win was remarkable because she grew up in Mare, which was one of Rio's poorest and most dangerous favelas. She was also the only black female representative and one of seven women on the 51-seat council. 51 seats, seven women, one black woman. During her campaign, which was branded with the feminist color of purple, she spoke openly of her favela beginnings and introduced 50 ideas to help women, Afro-Brazilians and favela dwellers especially. She maintained her campaign promise to help these populations, served as the president of the House Committee on Women, and led a committee that monitored Rio de Janeiro's military intervention. In the hours before her murder, Franco participated in a roundtable discussion with 30 other black Brazilian women. She ended this discussion with a quote by Audre Lorde. 
I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. What can I say about Marielle Franco? She was an amazing woman, and I wish I had her courage and boldness. As it turns out, I probably only have a fraction of her everything. As I learn more about her, I watched the video on her. I actually watched a video of her speaking. It was a campaign video, and I know... I know 20 words in Brazilian Portuguese. I don't know a single phrase. None of them go together whatsoever. Don't ask me how I know these words. I don't really remember. But I've, <laughs> I picked up on a few things every now and then that she said. And to be honest, because she's not alive anymore, I just really wanted to hear her voice. I wanted to see her. I'd seen her face a lot in a lot of these articles that I've been reading. And the videos that I've been watching, they show pictures of her, like stills, still shots. But I wanted to hear her speaking. I wanted to see her moving. And I just wanted to see how she spoke. Like if she spoke with her hands, if she spoke quickly, softly, if her voice was deep. I just wanted to get as much of a feel for her as I could. Like if she laughed a lot, if she was super smiley. Um, I'm Not that it would have made a difference, but I'm kind of bummed that I didn't maybe she wasn't the first woman that I talked about or at least earlier on when I first started this podcast I know it wouldn't have made a difference if I had made the podcast I don't have life-saving abilities while she was still alive but I just haven't done one on someone who's recently who's recently died and um, I would have really liked to get to see her see her in the political realm, see more of what she could do, projects she was going to start, corruption she could have highlighted and blown the whistle on, to get to see how her political career spanned out, what organization she was a part of, what other black woman in Brazil, as a result of her influence and inspiration, maybe with her as a mentor, maybe in one of these groups, one of these many, many groups that she volunteered or worked in, if they got active in politics too. I don't know if any of you are familiar with politics in Brazil. I'm not super poli I'm not super um, interested or aware in it, but holy shit, talk about a freak show. It is a complete and total mess. You think the United States? No. I mean, well, yeah, okay. The United, the United States politics are... I can't. <laughs> the United States politics are a train wreck. But like, if you learn about the politics in Brazil for just like the past, let's just say the past 10, 20 years. Oh my gosh. I watched a little video on it. It is a complete and total disaster. And so she's living through this. We have a lot of corruption in the United States, but oh my gosh, the level of corruption in Brazil and the government contracts and the kickbacks they're getting are huge. And she's growing up and she's a part of this and she's saying no more. The amount of courage and bravery, knowing that she lives in a place where people get assassinated, activists, people who speak out, advocates, people who try to do the right thing, especially women and women who are black and have the audacity to be bold and to speak to speak to the press, to speak truth in their story, like Fannie Lou Hamer and how President Johnson had her cut off. Here, Marielle, so incredibly bold and brave and willing to put her life on the line in a way that I have never had to do and maybe many people haven't had to do, even though people in the United States, I do think that they put their lives on the line. But it's not quite this raw. 
not to this level at all where you grow up around surrounded by paramilitary. You may grow up surrounded by gangs, true, but paramilitary groups, probably not. Um, and then for her to, for them to hire professionals, I don't know, the police, the government, lots of speculation on the websites and the the video on her that's up free on YouTube. I don't know if I mentioned that, and I think it's less than 15 minutes long. So definitely watch that video after you listen to this episode. This is going to be a shorter episode than normal because I just found it really depressing and it was, it was just really upsetting. Um, and then her, her murder is so fresh. Anyway, back to Marielli. She's an amazing, was, was an amazing woman. And because of my geographic position in the world, which is a privilege I was born with, I'm probably going to outlive her. She was 38. She lived to be 38 years old. Um, so this means I'm going to have more time to do my life work. Let my early years influence me the same way she let hers influence her. My experiences of what's wrong direct me towards what I meant to do, exactly how Marielli did, and pretty much every woman, pretty much every single woman that I've had an episode on, those early years, those early years where they observed the oppression and the pain and the trauma and the hurt and how people shut them down and invalidated and dismissed them, that shaped who they are what they saw that was wrong with the world that they wanted to change that was their life's work and so that my experiences guide me the way hers guided her something I really like about as I was reading Marielli's story something I like to do because I have a hard time with it myself is so I find out about somebody they're popular they're famous whatever and I wonder, okay, at one point they were born regular, so how did they get so fancy? Were they born that way? Were their parents rich and famous? Is their last name Barrymore? How did that happen? And learning about how they had these experiences, they let them shape them, they got involved in all sorts of things, probably not necessarily thinking one thing was going to be really big, like this will be the thing that puts me in history books, but just getting involved as much as they can and finding their work, their life's work along the way and then bumping into something that turns out to be really really big and then we find out who they are I'm really interested in that journey like how did that happen one day a Hollywood producer didn't just knock on your door one day the president didn't just knock on your door and say hey run for this office I'll completely back you I just wonder and I think a lot of other people do as well how people go from being regular normal ass people to becoming someone that a lot of people know about, that people write arg um, articles about, as well say they write arguments about, that people write articles about, have documentaries on, people who we turn on the news and we see their faces. I don't know that I will ever be to that level, but I love hearing about other people's stories and how they get, I call it fancy, how they become fancy. Because maybe one day someone will listen to this podcast wanting to be fancy themselves and they can follow the timeline or the life set by one of these women that I talk about and see how she went from being a normal person to observing all sorts of problems and inconsistencies and issues around her, things that she just thought were wrong and needed to change, and then how they found their work, and then how they got to being a person that a lot of us know. Some of these women that I'm going to talk about are going to be household names, are household names. So hopefully... I can slowly build up the way she slowly built up 
and you have a timeline if you so have the desire to be fancy one day listening to these women listening to Marielle's stories you have a blueprint of how to do it how to find your life's work and how to get busy how to set about that work in the meantime keep trying to stand up straight that's about that work keep trying to stand up straight thanks for listening